Suomi. Finland. Suomi. United States of America. USA. 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 You're listening to the Suomi Finland podcast. This time you'll be hearing from us on the West Coast. My name is Matti and I'm a trade commissioner trainee at the Consulate General of Finland in Los Angeles. This podcast series celebrates all things Finnish American. And on this episode, we'll explore the life and legacy of the internationally celebrated Finnish artist Tom of Finland, born Tokolaaksonen in Kaarina, Finland in 1920. So in fact, 2020 is a special year, as it marks 100 years since Tom's birth. We want to celebrate this by sitting down for a chat with Dirk and Sharp from the Tom of Finland Foundation here in Los Angeles. You may be very familiar with Tom of Finland, or you have never heard of him. But one thing is for sure. You have been engaged with things that his art and legacy have influenced, from fashion to pop culture and societal norms. Suomi, Finland. I mean, sitting here in Tom's room, surrounded by his images, is just an occasion also to try and imagine a world without Tom of Finland. Where would we be? These are such liberating images. They were so powerful to us. Um, they gave us, they gave us strength. Uh, they gave us identity. And to imagine a hundred years without Tom is impossible for me even. We're sitting here at the former LA home of Tom in Echo Park, right above Sunset Boulevard. This is the house where Tom lived and worked for the last decade of his life. And we're actually recording this in Tom's old bedroom and studio as we're speaking. The Tom House now operates as the HQ of the Tom of Finland Foundation, as well as a museum gallery with quite possibly the largest collection of erotic art in the world. The house is also recognized as a historic cultural monument by the city of Los Angeles. And I'm very happy to be sitting here next to these lovely gentlemen, Dirk and Sharp. Could you guys introduce yourselves to our listeners? So my name is Dirk Daner, and I am the co-founder with Tom and also the present president of the Tom of Finland Foundation. And uh, so I've been doing this for uh, over 35 years, and uh, so... Uh, I'm uh, I'm a veteran here, <laughs> and I'm Sharp. I'm the uh, vice president and the head curator of the foundation. You were more than just the co-founder of uh, the foundation. What what made you and Tom start this foundation? Well, uh, the uh, the real essence of that is that uh, when I first got to know Tom and I was hosting him uh, on a West Coast uh, exhibition tour he was on. Uh, I got to see how much of a difference and impact and uh, transformation he had done within gay culture uh, over those decades. And that uh, it was an opportunity for me to actually give back to him uh, for so much that he had given us. And so I wanted to fulfill his uh, desires. And one of the, his desires was to have his own archive. And so I just said, well, let's make that happen. And so we uh, formed a nonprofit 501c3 educational archive here in, in uh, America. 
and uh, and just proceeded forward from that point. Yeah. Now, I'm sure most of our listeners already know who Tama Finland is, but just to give some context to uh, for this discussion yeah. about his legacy, can you give us like a little Tama Finland 101, uh, who he was, what he did? Well, like so many people uh, that have encountered Tama Finland's artwork, uh, we may not immediately associate the name Tama Finland or the creator or the artist behind it. We might not know it's an individual. It could be an art collab or an art collective, um, but we're so familiar with it. And the thing that that amazes me of all the visitors that come here to Tom House is that we encounter these images in so many gay bars. So it didn't matter if you were in Dubuque, Iowa, or you're in, you know, in Bavaria, you would see these images. And so wherever you were, you sort of felt at home. So you walked into a bar in a different country and it felt like you were at home. And that is, I think, how many, so many people respond to his artwork is it's very familiar uh, and they're very comfortable with it. But it actually goes beyond that in that uh, in the early days, like in the 50s, Uh, you would find his artwork on physique and health magazines, uh, but was they were orientated towards gay uh, uh, clientele. But uh, then in the uh, in the 90s and and uh, into the 2000s, you would find his work on the covers and and books that were focused on his work in art bookstores, and so uh, you would then discover. In fact, the the uh, uh, president of the Ottawa book publishing house at that time in the uh, late 80s she discovered it from finding our retrospective in an art bookstore in London and so she wanted to know who this man was because she didn't know uh, his him or his work and so she wanted to do a biography on him and that's how the biography got started was through uh, Ottawa Press and we're working on a new edition of biography for 2020, which will be launched on Tom's birthday, on May 8th. Yep. So we're really excited about that. Right, it's definitely is a very exciting year, and busy year for you guys. So Tom was born 100 years ago and passed in 1991. What does this special anniversary mean to you guys and the foundation? Well, I made an oath to him uh, before he passed that I would do my best to to keep him out in the popular culture because I felt that if I could just do that then the magic that that he uh, contained in his work would do the rest and that has been true to form and so uh, we are just on continuing that uh, process of keeping him out in the popular culture and so it's really about um, for Finland It's really about uh, them embracing him as a national hero. And for him, because uh, how can you say about this pornographist who, and he didn't mind being called that, uh, but also he's been called a fine artist and a master artist, that uh, he was content with uh, whatever labels were, were being given, that that didn't matter too much to him. The thing that was important to him was that his work reached the appropriate audiences audiences which where his message that he would put within his drawings could actually possibly impact them and produce a positive impact positive uh, experience for them about themselves 
so they could self-identify in some form and feel better about themselves. So this year, it's really about celebrating that, celebrating it all over the world, and that's what we've uh, we've been doing. And so we have a huge program tied to that for this year. And it's interesting, I mean, sitting here in Tom's room, surrounded by his images, is just an occasion also to try and imagine a world without Tom of Finland. Where would we be? These are such liberating images. They were so powerful to us. Um, they gave us they gave us strength. Uh, they gave us identity. And to imagine a hundred years without Tom is impossible for me to even see. Um, I think it's, that's for me personally. It's an occasion to imagine a world where Tom didn't give us his world. Suomi. Finland. And you mentioned about audiences. Yes. Um, I guess the contemporary audience of Tom of Finland is not only men, is it? It's really such a, and it has been such a teaching uh, a method, a teaching process for me in that, uh, so originally uh, he did it for the disenfranchised um, homosexual, one that had been beaten down and, and, but he actually became from the 57s Onward, uh, he became really sort of uh, a uh, a go-to image uh, source to empower these young uh, developing homosexuals. So they it got them to go to the gyms, and in fact, the Los Angeles County Museum of Art contacted us back in 2000, and they said they wanted to borrow art from uh, that era because he was so instrumental in the development of the Southern California gym culture. And uh, they wanted to reflect that in their exhibition. So anyways, it went on from there. And then he became uh, really the center of the leather culture, uh, the gay leather culture. But not just that, really gay culture in general, because his portfolio of imagery was far beyond the leather uh, sector. It, it was cowboys, it was sailors, it was police, it was the boy next door. And so he, he really uh, had a large portfolio of work. He was very, very prolific. And, uh, and so that influenced them. And then it really started to move over to straight culture in that they started to appreciate him. And uh, as of the last 15 years, uh, one, one that has been really strong is that uh, young uh, 20 to 30 uh, young women who uh, have been his, uh, his fans and they, It's because they have been the most recently liberated. They've been given freedom to actually enjoy sexuality. And so they have really uh, f um, zoned in on Tom. And presently, uh, we have trans people, people who are non-binary, who actually are really identifying with his work and loving it and taking what they can uh, uh, nurture from it and, uh, and, 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 and take that within themselves, right? Mm, right, right. It's very interesting to see how empowering his art has been to such different groups. So, with the meaningful work that you do at the foundation, what are some of the ways that you're able to expand and reach those new audiences? I think what the foundation would like to see is very much how we feel. I think we want to give everyone an opportunity to know Tom of Finland, to know what he's done, to know what he's given us, and to say thank you. Um, 
it's very well and good to go to a museum or to a gallery or art fairs. We host our own art fairs uh, and to engage with an artist. But the best way to say thank you to an artist is to buy his artwork, to support him in that way. Uh, I've read correspondence, and uh, Dirk certainly knows that a lot of the correspondence between Dirk and Tom when they were running the business, Tom and Finland Company, was real issues about when am I getting paid for a commission? I need to pay my rent. I mean, the real concerns of an artist that's a working artist that does have to make money. Um, I think with the products um, and the publications that we do, uh, we're giving, we're bringing Tom to other people and they then understand and can appreciate what he's done. He can appreciate what he's brought to the world. And it really does, uh, as far as new audiences, the uh, the merchandising, actually, it helps support the foundation. So we, get, we receive royalties off of those merchandise, and that helps uh, pay for some of the day-to-day operations that we have. Because we, when you think about it, we're an erotic art foundation, and as... As much as we would have preferred it to be otherwise, we have been uh, at the back of the bus in that uh, we've been discriminated against because of what we do and what we uh, collect. And society has been uncomfortable with that. But uh, now things are, are looking better and, and society is becoming more uh, equalitarian. And so uh, the doors are starting to open for us. But. Certainly the licensing has been a vehicle. And in Finland, especially, when we started to have so many uh, visitors to Finland from America coming back and complaining to us that there was absolutely nothing for them to purchase there, to, to say that they had been to uh, Tama Finland's homeland, we said, okay, it's time. And we really put a direct focus and we expanded beyond exhibitions because we've been doing exhibitions there for, for uh, 15 years already. We focused on, on merchandising and it really sort of went so that people could realize that they could, if they couldn't uh, sort of accept Tom on his visual level, they could accept him possibly on his activist level on how he was really a, a fighter for equal rights for, for everybody. And so he was really a libertarian. He, he uh, we call him a liberator, you know. And in fact, the exhibition that we're gonna be doing in London is called Love and Liberation. The really great thing about having uh, Tom available to so many people in so many different ways, uh, be it on bed sheets or be it a publication, is that there's ways they can bring Tom into their house into their home, into their lives. Um, we're a nonprofit a charity. A lot of our um, money needs to come from the... Private sector. Private sector, the actually the people that we service, the community I service. So twofold, um, there are um, monies to be come in from our licensing partners, um, which is a small amount of the money we need for our operating funds. The Tom aesthetic may have become mainstream, especially in Finland, through the merchandise such as bedsheets and stamps. But the influence of his art can clearly be connected to a variety of elements in pop culture in the recent decades. Expanding on talking about Tom's influence on, on pop culture, can you mention some of the things where you can see his, his impact on right. contemporary pop culture today? 
Sure. And I think that it's sort of important to sort of do a little bit of, of where he actually came from and how he like he was he became popular in England in the 1960s within the punk movement. And uh, they really appreciated him because uh, uh, he was a renegade and they he was doing things which society didn't deem acceptable and tom was doing that and so he became sort of a hero within that culture and then it as gay liberation took form he started his work started to be expressed through people like freddie mercury and uh, frankie goes to hollywood and adam ant and uh, uh and so the way they dressed rob uh Helper from Judas Priest is a great example. So these are all visual manifestations of Leathermen that actually uh, were uh, emulating that kind of energy. Uh, but then, and also Jean-Paul Gaultier uh, and other, uh, Tom Ford, uh, these people have actually uh, been inspired by Tom's uh, drawings and they have been re-expressed through, oh, the interpretation of sailors and uh, police and military and uh, leathermen. And uh, we can't forget uh, something that is now embedded into uh, straight culture and that is the village people and YMCA, which is played at everyone's uh, wedding and uh, everyone gets involved and sings it. Well, the source of the village people was Tom in that he, uh, he drew the images, which in fact then became the inspiration for that group to be formed. I think it's important to remember that when draw, uh, Tom was drawing these characters of cops and policemen and sailors, these were all denied to us. We couldn't be cops and sailors and marines. We were not permitted to be these. Um, and so these are images that we need to remember at a time that not only are they subversive, that he was actually taking heterosexual archetypes and flipping them and giving us the power. Uh, sometimes these men were our oppressors. The police were our oppressors. He was taking them and making them regular guys like us. So that's also important to remember in historical context uh, that we couldn't be these people. We couldn't be a cop. We couldn't be a sailor. It was denied us. And now we are cops, and now we are sailors. So that was very much those fantasies, those subversive fantasies, were also being realized. Some people call Tom one of the most well-known artists, Finnish artists uh, around the world. And Finland was literally in his name. But how, how did Tom feel about being Finnish and how did he emphasize his his roots in during his lifetime? Well, he was always uh, um, he was proud of being Finnish. Uh, he uh, he was very humble and a little bit uh, um, uh, not, sort of most people didn't know where Finland was on the map for many many years. And uh, carrying the name of Finland, he felt uh, a kind of. Uh, a responsibility that he didn't want to have because he didn't represent the country he was just representing himself and uh, but he finally learned uh, through culture through gay culture that uh, the of Finland was a pseudonym that was many artists were taking on so there was Bruce of Los Angeles and Lon of New York so wherever the artist was from they would tack that on to the name and so it was uh, it was something that artists would go by during that era 
and not a name he chose for himself, a name that was given to him by his first publisher. His first publisher. And he was rather irate, uh, irate, yes, irate uh, when he uh, when he got the, the publication and they had called him that because he didn't uh, get permission from Tom or anything beforehand, but it stuck. And uh, and he'd always been drawing his the name Tom as far as his signature because he didn't think anyone could pronounce Toko or even be able to decipher it. And so he uh, he took on the name Tom as his uh, in nom de plume. And uh, yeah, and so, but as time went on and his work reflected Finland, whether he wanted it to or not because of just his roots of nature and uh, Finnish. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you the loggers that he would, was drawing in the early 50s and into the 60s, they were so empowering for young guys because they were like heroic Nordic gods. So Tom achieved quite a superstar position in the sort of in the underground uh, subculture. But why did it take so long for him to be recognized in Finland? You know, in, in Finland, uh, he actually was abiding by his younger sister's desires and and uh, her, she was begging him not to actually announce in Finland who this artist Tom of Finland this pornographist who he was because she really felt that it would ruin the family name of Laxanen and that uh, she was so shamed by all of the drawings that he was doing he was not at all And so, but he wanted to protect her. She was his younger sister. And uh, and so finally, when it was getting closer to his end, he realized that there were, it now was very important that he come forward and let the Finns know who he was. Because he was being known all over, but not there in Finland. So he actually did a press, uh, he found a reporter and did uh, a press announcement. And uh, at the same time, serendipity, that's when the Finnish uh, uh, Otava Press contacted us to want to do a biography. It was also at the time when Ilpo Pahala uh, contacted us to want to do a documentary. So it was like harmony. And, uh, and so then for the next two years, uh, all of those things got worked on at prior to his departure. And so he got to actually have a win there and that he got to experience that Finland was embracing him, you know, in a way that that was good for him and good for them. And that that made him, when he was, his final words to me was that uh, he was so happy that they were talking about him on the news. I think probably the greatest accolade that he got uh, was from the Finnish Comic Society. So they bestowed upon him their highest award and he was too ill to personally go and accept the award, but he did receive the award. And I think getting acknowledgement from his peers in Finland was probably very, very important to him, don't you think? Yes, yes. The last decade of Tom's life, including his years in Los Angeles, were a very productive and meaningful time for him in terms of his career and personal life. I think when he was in Los Angeles here at Tom House, he got to be Tom 24-7. Uh, he, there was no thought of, of Kaya in his family name. And he was among you know armies of admirers 
Um, he had great light that was here. You know, the sunshine, the light for an artist is superlative. Uh, everything that was here, uh, he got to be Tom 24-7. He got to be part of a family, a family of men that, uh, that really sort of bonded a brotherhood. And he got to be part of that brotherhood, which he had emulate. He drawn in his drawings. So, he, as Sharp said, the eighties were really on the time when he got to really live things that he had created. Yeah. And so that was a dream that came true for him. Yeah. He got to live the life he had drawn. Um, also, because of your perseverance, as you mentioned, um, he had a documentary that he got to see within his lifetime. Uh, he had um, a biography. Uh, he was acknowledged, as we said, by his peers in Finland. He was shown at the Whitney in New York. So as a living artist, even though he was very ill and um, at the end of his life, he still got acknowledgement that many artists never achieve. And all of these came at the, right at the end of his life because of what Dirk Daner did, because of having a foundation. Uh, we were able to fast track these things so he could see them within his lifetime. The original purpose of the Tom Finland Foundation was to um, archive Tom's work and nurture Tom's legacy. But it's not only about Tom anymore, is it? No, it's not. And it really hasn't been for almost the whole uh, entire uh period that the foundation has been in operation. So what happened with Tom and I is that uh, we set up his archive and that was all sort of uh, together and we had a very nice network of artists that would come over to the house and hang out and they started wanting to donate some of their works to our archive because they felt that if they were ever going to be remembered they had a better chance if they were tied to Tom in some way. And so then Tom and I decided that we would uh, open up the doors and let all erotic art and artists uh, participate and contribute their works to the permanent collection. And so we now have a permanent collection that is huge in, in that it has hundreds and hundreds of artists uh, who have contributed their works. We don't buy any work, so it has to be donated. Uh, and, uh, and in regards to the sort of we wanted it to be an educational process for, for other artists and for the public. And why, the ways that we wanted to communicate that was through really sort of educating artists not how not to be ripped off, um, how to actually protect themselves and their copyright. And uh, so it has been uh, that kind of educational foundation and really uh, to nurture. And so we don't have a lot of judgments here in regards to the work that gets created, but we have nurturing that goes on. And so it now is, at present day, it's taking the form of having artists in residence here. And they, uh, they come here and they get to spend three months and explore our archives and to look at Tom's work and hundreds of other artists' work and to have a sense of uh, newness that whatever they create and then we have a beautiful uh, completion process for them so that they can actually showcase uh, what they have worked on while they've been here so in addition to the uh, residency program we also have uh, drawing sessions life drawing sessions we have um, an erotic art competition we have art fairs yep. uh, so we're all about giving opportunities to emerging artists uh, established artists um, 
in many different ways uh, because as we know every artist stands on the shoulder of artists before them and uh, so Tom's legacy is in the artwork of all the other artists you see here before you you know, and he's actually, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's used in, in, in art schools as far as an example of uh, a figurative artist that really uh, honed his work, um, but also as a liberator. In that the, um, so many other artists really respect him because he didn't back down to the pressures of society and galleries to actually to uh, homogenize his work to to uh, subdue it yeah subdue it he refused to do that because he knew that he wanted his work to stand out and to be there visible for uh, those young developing homosexuals and very much a Finnish uh, uh, relationship in that uh, Finns are very connected to nature and Tom made sure that so many of his works were out in nature and they were positive and they were endorsed by Mother Nature. And I'll tell you, those young boys, when they saw that work, they immediately saw that it was it was part of nature and that they were they were included in it. So quite clearly, they weren't, you know, hiding in the shadows. They weren't in back, you know, in back alleys. Uh, they were out in front of uh, Mother Nature in, in the sunshine. And that's a very strong, subliminal, but very strong message that you get is that, oh, there's this sense of nature that's giving us permission to do what's natural. Tom, or rather Touko, didn't necessarily intend to be an activist of any sort in the first place. But eventually, he did look back and reflected on his purpose of making a difference. Finished style, he was humble about it right up to the end, but he finally realized in the 80s when he was living in California that he had really achieved that. Here's Tom guest lecturing at Cal Arts in 1988. But then during all these years, finally I found out that I'm sort of lying to myself. I'm doing it without an obvious purpose, I, it's still behind there. I want to influence other people. I wanted to change their opinion. I wanted to make them understand things which they didn't understand before. And even I wanted uh, influence to so-called straight people to accept and stand and see the gayness in a positive way. But I always said, well, no, I don't do that. I, it's not my my job and all that. I only draw for those people who understand my way and, and my style. I mean, it, I guess it was some kind of protection, self-protection, which made me think like that. But I'm sure now that they're behind. I was always motivated from that, that I wanted to influence, I wanted to change, I wanted to show like I wanted. You can read more about the centennial celebrations taking place around the world at the Foundation's website, tomofinlandfoundation.org. There you can also find out more about the opportunities to support the foundation, including volunteering and membership. Big thanks to Dirk and Sharp for welcoming us at the Tom House. Thank you so much for listening to the Suomi Finland podcast and stay tuned until the next time.